Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And good morning to everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Today's menu looks like this. Charles Etman, co-host for one hour. He'll join me uh, very shortly. Uh, then following Charles Etman will be Jim Kleinpeter. He covers Southern University Athletics uh, for the Advocate. And then in hour number two, uh, Willa Brown. Uh, scheduled to join us. And then last but not least, Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. He'll join us on today's show. Here's what's trending on the Carlos Brown Show. Uh, Southern University Board of Supervisors, they uh, approve a contract for Coach Kevin Johnson, the new uh, men's basketball coach at Southern University, now officially. Uh, has been approved, and we'll get a little bit more into those details of the contract. I, I find it very interesting, and I'll share that information with you. In Southern University baseball, last night in extra innings, uh, they defeat Grambling State 6-5. to The Jaguars baseball season, they've been kind of inconsistent, or consistently inconsistent, but they get a big victory in extra innings over the league-leading of the Western Division, the Grambling State Tigers. The NCAA Football Committee, they have recommended and announced some changes for football. 
wait till you hear about those changes and kind of get your feedback and thoughts on it. That's what's trending on the Carlos Brown Show. Now we'll be joined by Charles Edmund. Charles, good morning to you, sir. Pleasure to be with you on another good Saturday. Well, as we look outside, sunshine, beautiful sunshine here in Baton Rouge. That was not the case yesterday. So I'm assuming now that all sporting events, <laughs> not like last Saturday, uh, they're going to go on as scheduled. How's the weather in Lorman, Mississippi? Uh, we got softball today. I'll be doing softball uh, at one o'clock. Uh, it's a little on the coolish side. The wind is, is blowing. Seems like for baseball and softball on our campus, the wind is always a factor. But a beautiful day, not a cloud in the sky, a little bit of nip in the air. Um, we kind of expected that, but uh, we'll get everything in today and maybe tomorrow. I think some rain's supposed to be coming in at least around here sometime tomorrow. Hopefully we can get one game in tomorrow. Well, that's good news. And when we look at uh, the weather, you know, not only does it affect everyday lives, but also sporting events. So we're glad to kind of have at least a window of opportunity. Guest today, Charles Edmund, Jim Klein, Peter, Willa Brown, and BJ Jones. Going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get the discussions. We'll look at um, the trending stories that I just mentioned here on the Carlos Brown Show. So we'll be right back. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. One bite of 100% Angus Beef Ballpark Frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. 
Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loop machine. Welcome back to the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Coles Brown joined by Charles Edmund. Charles, the Southern University Board of Supervisors approves a contract for Coach Kevin Johnson. Now, here's the particulars. If I would have printed out everything, it would have been two or three pages long. <laughs> so for the sake of time, Kevin Johnson, four-year contract. Four year. Good morning, Edwin. Uh, here on uh, YouTube in the chat box. Good morning to everyone that's watching. Kevin Johnson, two hundred thousand, four years with a one year option, and that's held by the board. And of course, uh, Kevin Johnson, Coach Johnson, has the uh, option to accept. Now, there's some incentives in there: a month's salary if you win the SWAC regular season championship, SWAC tournament championship that's a month's salary so you do two hundred thousand divided by 12 and you kind of get the figure of one month then the coaching staff coach johnson has the authority to hire five assistants now i'm wondering how many assistants did the previous coach have coach woods uh, I thought it was me. I'm going to say four. So he gets one. So Coach Johnson gets paid uh, more than the previous coach, has the standard uh, incentives, and then also he's able to hire uh, five assistants. Charles Epman, that is a, a upgrade and investment in, in Coach Kevin Johnson, who I have put in to have him on this show. And I'm still working on that. But uh, interesting, interesting information. I say thumbs up to Roman Banks. Um, I like the terms of the deal. I like the four years uh, with that fifth-year option. I think that's fine. No problems with that. The salary, uh, I don't know what Sean Woods made, but if it, but Kevin Johnson's going to make, and I, 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 my guess is he's made, he's making more than Sean Woods was making, which you kind of expect. Yes, he that. was. Yeah, yeah. So there's no, I have no problems with the salary. 
Uh, I think it's very competitive in terms of the top tier teams. Uh, you look at Johnny, you look at Texas Southern and Johnny Jones, close to a quarter of a million dollars. You're right there, kind of in the ballpark a little bit. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the years. I don't have a problem with the number of coaches on staff either. I think you have to have, and I think that's something that needs to be talked about a little bit more. I think to be successful, I think you have to have anywhere from four to five, maybe six coaches, director of basketball ops, travel coordinator, strength and conditioning. Uh, I mean, you have to have your own, and I think that's going to happen. I think, you know, the folks that are going to work there as far as the assistant coach is going to be dealing with nothing but men's basketball to help build that product. So I have no problems with any aspect of the contract. So now it's just time for Coach Johnson to get to work. Um, good salary. He's going to have a quality staff. Who he keeps, who he retains from the previous staff, we don't know. The other issue is how many players will remain, how many will stay, how many will hit the portal. That's yet to be determined. I'm sure you know that's going to come out here shortly now that he has his feet on the ground in terms of all the, the language. So, hey, I have no problems with any aspects of the contract at all. Competitive. And now it's just time for him to get to work. He's already behind a little bit. So now he's got to hit the ground running with all those other particulars taken care of. Well, he has already got a couple of uh, commitments. So he's off off to a, to a, a great start. One uh, young man, and I'll, I'll pull it up in a second, um, um, played locally at Scotlandville High School, um, originally signed with Austin P. He, he, he led um, – in JUCO scoring, he led the nation. So he's a local product. And then that gets me to wondering, on his staff, we do know who is his head basketball coach when they won the state title a couple of years ago, and that's Coach Carlos Sample. Rumors are just running amok. They're flying all over the place. Hadn't been able to confirm anything, but uh, let's see if Carlos Sample's former head Basketball coach at Scotlandville High School in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, former Southern alum. Let's see if he's going to be on that staff. But uh, the contract is good because, you know, we've had this discussion before about three versus four versus five years. And, um, you know, some of my colleagues didn't understand or didn't agree with the way Southern University had um, put out, you know, those, those type of contracts. Usually, and, and from what Coach Banks has done in the past, Charles, you've seen three-year contracts. You'll you'll see five years, but they'll he'll, they'll put them on the back end. So, the last hire in football, Coach Dooley, four-year contract. Coach Johnson, four-year contract with um, option. So that is now where. Uh, Coach Banks and that university is trending as far as getting those type of uh, contracts. And so they can't do anything but help. And as you stated now, Coach Johnson just has to get to work. And um, I, I have the confidence that, you know, looking at his resume, just my opinion, I think he gets the job done. What kind of time frame? He's got four years. How how much improvement will you you see in the first couple of years? I say let's take a look after the second year and, and just kind of see where the basketball program is trending. He, he has some incentives to, to get some things done, but we got to wait and see what, what staff he puts together. But he, he's gone in the transfer portal, and um, he's, he's gotten 
two players already. So um, he's he's getting to work. So comparable, you mentioned to maybe um, someone asked me, is Sadler in the top four, top three? I'm pretty confident saying is at least in the top three. Yeah. Uh, so that's all you can look at. And, of course, uh, Coach, Coach Banks, the athletic director, you know, he's now made some hires, and now we'll just have to see how it works out. Football, basketball, and now they've made also some hires in the uh, golf program that um, we hopefully will be able to talk to the head coach, uh, head coach or coaches there. So interesting to say the least, but I'm happy uh, with, with the contract, and I'm sure Coach Johnson is, is happy. I think it's going to be an intriguing situation because mm-hmm. if you look at Southern University basketball, we've talked about where this, where Southern basketball is right now, depending on on who you talk to. It in Charles Edmonds' eyes, top four program. So you're taking over a top four program in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. You know you don't know how many coaches you're going to keep. You're going to bring in a whole new staff, clear the decks. How many players are going to stay? You know I think it's going to be an interesting year in terms of. Is the program going to remain at least at four, top four, maybe move up? You know, I talked with our coach Landon Bussey the other day. He was at our baseball game, and he says with the transfer portal, he believes the word immediately, immediate, is definitely the case for a lot of these programs because you have so much talent in the transfer portal to where you can immediately improve your program. Um, And so you, you know some of the players that have already hit the portal in some, some of our programs. One is coming back, P.J. Henry, one of the top players for Texas Southern. is now coming back to Texas Southern, it appears. He was in the portal. Now he's back at Texas Southern. But there's a lot of talent out there for him to choose from. There's a lot of talent out there to get better. You have to, you know, be, you still got to deal with APR. I was talking with the coach today about that. You know, you still got to deal mm-hmm. with, with APR, these players that are leaving, the graduation status and all that. You want to make sure that those players are on track to graduate because if not, it's going to be a ding near APR. You don't want to go through that again. You know, that was on pause due to COVID, but I think now that's no longer the case. You still got to get your APR numbers still have to be there have still have to be up to avoid the postseason ban and all that. So there's a lot in the bag to pull out of. There's a lot in the bag to deal with if you're a first year coach, but he's taking over a program that's that in my opinion, top four program, the question is, does he keep the talent that's there? How many are going to want to stay? How many are willing to stay? How many are going to buy in? And if not, then, you know, you're going to you're going to probably be hearing in the next couple of weeks or, or longer, players are going to hit the portal. They signed a couple, as you mentioned. One is already, I think it was in the portal that I, that I read about. I don't know if any more. Maybe not. Maybe he sold some of those guys that are going to be coming back. Who knows? We'll see. But I, I think clearly him coming in, um, hitting the ground running. I think it's a good hire for Southern, a good hire in terms of getting players in state, uh, in the state of Louisiana, coming from a program that's fairly decent. I mean, Tulane's a solid program when they get the talent in there. So he knows what that looks like. He knows what it tastes like. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how, how this is going to work for Southern and how it's going to translate into the conference in terms of how the conference is going to look like. Texas Southern's retooling, even though they're getting some transfers in. Grambling. You haven't heard a lot about Grambling, what they're doing. Um, of course, the Braves, they're they're retooling for sure. You know, so it, I think it's going to be very intriguing to see where Southern is in that pecking order. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Coach Johnson is going to do as as he is now going to hit the ground ready to go. And with Coach Funches, uh, women's basketball coach, I think you'll see um, an extension 
on his contract because 2023 SWAT Women's Tournament champion. So, hey, I believe in rewarding them when you hit benchmarks, and that definitely was a benchmark. What Coach Fontes uh, and his staff and team has done, so I, I'm sure uh, he will be rewarded in some kind of way, whether it was extension, bonus, or, or both. And he really uh, deserves it. Let's move on. Southern baseball and extra innings over Grambling State 6-5. to five. Charles and I did pull up uh, the baseball standings and the softball standings for Southwestern Athletic Conference, but an extra inning. And, and this baseball team, boy, you, some of the Southern alum and fans, you thought they were kind of tough or uh, feeling a certain type of way with the football team. Well, with the baseball team as well. And, uh, uh, you know, talking to some of my colleagues, the two programs in the conference that have underachieved or has been disappointing, and I guess it's debatable, but I, I think we win this debate, Jackson State and, and Southern University. But a, a 6-5 to five win over Grambling State. Grambling State still top team in the Western Division. Um, but Southern University, you know, right there in the mix. But uh, this season has been <sighs> – it's been interesting. They have been disappointing. That word has been used inconsistently, uh, consistently inconsistent. Coach Crenshaw got ejected uh, in the game not too long ago, and um, you kind of can see the frustration. Now is the time to try to turn it on. And you don't like to say that, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on. But guess what? They've got to start playing uh, consistently, getting much better because the SWAG baseball tournament is right around the corner. So a big win over Grambling State, 6-5 to five in extra innings. They'll play game two uh, this afternoon. But, um, man, uh, big victory. Hopefully they can build on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I read the article about the come from behind win, and can you say that they're the cardiac jags? You know, when you when you count them out, they, they, they find a way – to scratch and claw, and so a win like that last night can it can propel you. I mean, you got a lot of baseball in front of you. You still got per, perhaps a makeup with Texas Southern, which uh, did not get played in the middle of the week, which I was not surprised because I think Coach Crenshaw wanted to save what he had for this weekend, knowing that any shot at maybe winning the Western Division is going to come down to this weekend against uh, Grambling, a team that's right there at first uh, near the top of the standing. So I I I, I think. You know, I understand why he didn't want to play Texas Southern. He probably feels like I'm in the tournament. If I have a shot to win the division later on, we can play Texas Southern later on. But, yeah, I mean, that was a good win for them. Um, I agree with you. I think Jackson and Southern are clearly disappointing. I think Jackson, albeit more so disappointing, Jackson mm-hmm. hasn't been the same team since they went 24-0 and a couple of years ago and got knocked out in the championship game. They haven't been the same team since. I don't know what's going on there with Omar Johnson and, and, and that team. Jackson usually is one of the top-hitting teams in the conference, if not in the country. They like to steal a lot of bases. And, but their pitching has always been suspect when you get into, the, into their bullpen. So I don't think any of that's working for them right now. And so I think, it's as they say, the chickens are coming home to roost a little bit for them, and Omar Johnson has to retool. It's been a few years since he's been up there, didn't win. I think that 24-0 year, if they had won the tournament as well as the 24-0 season, 
I think Coach Johnson probably would be fine, and some would say he probably is fine with all the reg- with all the regular season tournament titles he's won. Um, you know, you would you I would think he may be okay, but you know, Ashley Robinson's a different type of AD. Is what have you done for me lately? And so I, I don't know. I mean, Omar Johnson's done well there, but he hasn't done well lately, and that's what a lot of Jacksonians are probably looking at. And for Southern University, I mean, for a team that lost to Alabama State last year, it's a it's been a disappointing season uh, all the way around. And so, but I'll say this, and I, I we talked about it a little bit last week. You know, what does the regular season mean? You know, they're kind of stumbling and fumbling through the regular season, but then you get hot in a month going to Atlanta because you're going to make the tournament most likely. Braves lost last night, so probably you know you have a chance to move up, you're probably not gonna fall out of the top four. So if you get hot, get some players healthy, get on a little bit of a roll going to Atlanta, you could possibly make some noise, but I think it's gonna be tough with Bethune and Florida A&M tearing it up in the East. I think it's gonna be tough. But the postseason in the SWAC, we've seen upsets. The number eight seed wins the SWAC basketball tournament. The best team on the women's side, Jackson State didn't get there. So you can make the case that the swag baseball tournament and the softball tournament could be wide open. So if Southern gets hot, then Crenshaw gets hot, the team gets hot, and then who knows, people are not going to be talking about this in five weeks. But that's not the case right now. Southern is struggling. They just got by their arch rival after trailing. And so a lot of baseball in front of you, and you just got to build on it, and we'll see if Southern does that here, if they do that here today. Well, let, let, let me respond to a couple of those comments. You know, cardiac kids, I don't like that term. And you know why I don't like it? Because that means, hey, you think you could turn it on and you hadn't turned it on, you hadn't been consistent all season. Omar Johnson, just, just my opinion. He's done well as a head baseball coach. And, yeah, you could be disappointed, but I don't think he's in trouble or should be. I mean, you know Ashley Robinson better than I do. I mean, I've met him, um, and and I do know ADs have a tough job. Um, If they turn it on and, and do well in the tournament, that's one thing. But if they don't, and the way they've played the whole season, they play that way in the term, and let's see, they go 0 and 2, and they're out. I think, based on what he's done in the past, he should be given the opportunity to correct a season that was not that didn't go well. So I just want to say that with, with uh, um, Coach Omar Johnson, um, as as a, a Southern alum and a Southern fan, Coach Crenshaw. I mean, you, you can just be disappointed, but you can look at last year in extra innings to losing in the championship game to Alabama State, then the previous year winning it, um, following behind Coach Kerry Jackson, who, who did well. Same scenario. If this season ends in a disappointing fashion, yeah, you'd be disappointed, but do you overreact? In both cases, no you give them the opportunity to get a, a, a have a, a better season, but it's still uh, some baseball left to be played. If we look, um, Charles, in the Eastern Division, FAMU, 14-3 overall in conference play, Alabama State, 13-3, and 
Bethune Cookman, eleven and three. Then Jackson State, four and twelve. Alabama A&M, three and eleven. And uh, Mississippi Valley State, two and fifteen. Now, now that's according to the Southwestern Athletic Conference baseball in the Eastern Division. Our hottest team, of course, is FAMU. Jackson State's lost five in a row. Mississippi Valley State's lost eight in a row. In the Western Division, Grambling State, eleven and four. Prairie View ten and four, Texas Southern eight and five, Southern eight and five, Arkansas Pine Bluff three and twelve. Wow, they've they've had it tough. Coach Carlos James got to check in on him. Uh, they've lost four in a row, and then Alcorn two and twelve, lost four in a row. So if the baseball tournament started today, Charles, FAMU, Alabama State, Bethune Cookman, and Jackson State are in. Grambling State, Prairie View, Texas Southern, and Southern. Are in, but of course that is if it were in today, but that is not of uh, the case. So some important series coming up, Charles. You, you have a comment on that? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I mean, we, we talk about Jackson State, and and I did comment on oh, it yeah. a moment ago, but but Jackson State's no lock to make the tournament. Alabama A and M at three and eleven is, is a half game a game behind right. them, and so if Jackson State does not make the tournament. That's going to make the Jacksonians a little more antsy and a little bit more uh, aggravated yeah. because you think yeah. Jackson State is a team that should be in the top four, and they very well might not uh, be there. But, you know, I, I think on, on the Western side, I mean, clearly you, you, you look at Alcorn, you know, and, I, and let, me, let, let me say this. You asked the question last week about what Braves fans think. You know, last week we had a, a mm-hmm. program honoring the late coach Willie Rapp McGowan Sr. and his wife, Dr. Doris McGowan. There were a bunch of former baseball players and alums there, and they they rallied their support behind Reggie Williams. They understand, and this is his first really true season. He came in in August mm-hmm. in his first season, so he had no recruiting, he had no fall ball. So this is his really his really this is his first real season. So I, I do see light there. I do see glimpses of good things. We've got to get better. We got to get a little bit more depth. We got to get a little bit more of everything, but I think he has the program looking in the right direction. So, I mean, I, I do, I think the Braves are going to make the tournament. It's going to be really tough at this point. Um, we're seven out in the loss column for fourth place. We're six out. So we're six and a half games out of the fourth spot. We got Southern coming in. You still got to play uh, Texas Southern at home. We got to go to Texas Southern at the end of the year. You know, who knows, but it, it, it doesn't look good if you look at the math. But I think, you know, on the Western side, you know, just just look at Grambling and Prairie View. You know, there was some griping about Antoine Regans, the head coach at Prairie View a few years ago. Was he going to be able to get the job done? And you see where Prairie View is, a half game out of first place. Mike Robb's teams have slipped a little bit, but but they're sneaky. In the tournament, they're, they're sneaky. They're going to find a way to make somewhat of a deep run in the tournament. And I think he's done enough where – you know, Dr. Granger doesn't necessarily have to look at doing anything with the baseball program there because Mike Robb, he did it at Prairie View. He did it at Texas Southern. He had some bumps along the way. But when they're really good, they're really good. So I think this just may be a rebuilding year for them. So there's there's a lot of moving pieces in baseball. It is disappointing for Alcorn. It is disappointing for UAPB. Um, you look at Alabama A&M, they've struggled. And then Valley, you know, they still have a shot. They got to go to Jackson for a three-game series here coming up, and that's going to probably determine whether they get in. Um, and I think, you know, Coach Barty there is going to do a good job at Valley. 
Um, you know, I, I think they're a team that can steal a lot of bases. They're one of the nation's leaders there. So I, I think he's he's got his his foot on the ground. And I think Valley, and he told me when we, when we played him recently that we're going to be a lot better in year two. So I think there's a lot of light for, for SWAC baseball. I think the old traditionals, the old fogies, the Jacksons, the Southerns, it's been a stumble. But then you got a bunch of other teams that are looking good. And look look at Florida A&M. You know, their team that, mm-hmm. that made a little bit of a run in the tournament last year, Bama State, you expect them to be there. They're Bama State a half game out of first. And then Cookman, Bethune-Cookman. Remember in the MEAC, Coach Melendez won, what, 11 or 12 MEAC titles, and that program's back up there again. So there, there's a lot to look forward to in baseball. And I, I'm just looking to see how it's going to, how it's going to wrap up here with about a month left in the in, in the regular season. But the old stalwarts coach, uh, the Southerns and the Jacksons, Carlos, are definitely struggling, and we'll, we'll see if they get it together. Hopefully they they will. We're going to take a quick timeout. Scheduled next to talk with uh, Jim Klein-Peter. Uh, Southern University spring football wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, had a They got a recruiting weekend. Right now, they're still looking to add some pieces to the head into the 2023 football season. Jim Klein, Peter, coming up next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. (laughs) Never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield. Never not working. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. Newman College 
is an HBCU in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where we prepare students for a different world. Stillman is a college of distinction for last year and this year. Our largest majors are business and biology, followed closely by psychology, criminal justice, and history for pre-law, communications, English, and religion. Our newest degree programs are in the Department of Computational Sciences, which covers cybersecurity, data analytics, and math. The Biomedical Academy prepares students for competitive entry into health professions and graduate programs. We have established summer biomedical research internships with major research institutions, such as the University of Alabama, Drexel and Temple Universities in Philadelphia, the Salk Institute in San Diego, California, and the Universities of Florida, Indiana, and Iowa. We became creative with social distancing and masks for the pandemic. Our students enjoy movie nights at the stadium and the new Melissa N. Davis Legacy Courtyard where you can eat and enjoy friends. We have the Divine Nine Greek Letter Organizations, student government leadership and ambassadors. Our small class sizes, nurturing faculty, and friendly environment let you know that Black Lives Matter at Stillman College each and every day. Applications are free. Sign up at discover.stillman.edu. Complete the contact card and apply today. Stillman College, where we prepare students. For a different world. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. 
One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. You see Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working! I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield, never not working. Welcome back to the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I uh, want to remind you, um, you can hear all of the uh, BCSN Pod Zone, which is available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Like, rate, review, and share where you can. Let's try this in a second. Uh, we, we're working to get uh, Jim Klein Peter on, on the show. Uh, Charles, we're going to switch gears and talk a little Southern University football uh, uh, spring 
um, football news, upgrades. That's what Southern's looking for. You've got some um, spring games and grambling going on yep. today. So, you 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 know, it's it's the time of year now that everyone is pretty much ending their, their spring practices with their spring game. Yep, that is the case. Uh, we had, of course, ours was a few weeks ago, Jackson State, you know, a lot of anticipation there. Um, and so you, you're, you're looking at, you know, doing a lot of different things with your spring game. And I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to see, you know, how, how far these coaches at these other programs go. You know, I was talking with our coach, our defensive coordinator, Cedric Thomas. I posted that interview and how he looks at spring practice. You know, it's a good showpiece for your fans to see, you know, what you're going to be looking like for the most part in the fall. But you also want to be healthy, too, coming out of the spring. And so I'm anxious to see, you know, what Grambling's looking like. You know, Hugh Jackson's bringing in a lot of different pieces. Calvez is going to be his quarterback, it appears. And so how how Grambling will round out into shape in that Western Division. They had a lot of disappointment last year, clearly. Sometimes wish they didn't play well. But I think for Southern University, you know, Coach Dooley talked about his quarterback situation. Southern is stocked at the running back position. Um, you know, that defense was was really good, especially in the Bayou Classic uh, last year. So this is year two of the Eric, uh, of the, uh, Eric Dooley era. And I, I think, you know, so far so good with all the hires and a lot of local flavor, Louisiana flavor. And I think it's just a matter now of staying healthy making sure players do what they're supposed to do in the classroom and off the field, because this is a dead period for a lot of these football players. You know, it's not a lot to do, but to stay in the weight room, stay sharp, go to class, keep yourself eligible as you get ready for summer and the fall. Because this, as we know, and I'm learning this, Carlos, in football, you know, foot, we talk about football all year long, right? But these players, once the spring ends, what happens? Like, yeah, you got to go to class and yeah, you got to, you know, stay sharp and stay ready but you're not doing a lot of live stuff. So I'm anxious to see how that goes in the offseason. But a lot of anticipation for Southern University in terms of what of what's going to happen this upcoming season. And uh, I, I think the fans are excited getting to the SWAC championship game last year, winning the Western Division. But I, I think for the Jaguar Nation, I think it felt incomplete because there was a lot of talent out there to be able to do a lot better than the way it turned out to be. You, you, you got in, you won the Western Division, you were one of four teams that had a crack at it. And, you know, you got it done in the Bayou Classic. and But now you want more. You deserve more. You, you're thirsty for more. So we'll we'll see how that rounds out as you get ready for the season. And Swag Media Day, which is coming up here in a few months. July 25th. Let's see if we um, – Melanie, let us know if, if, if we can get Jim. If not, we, we'll have to uh, try again another time um, having a situation with um, Jim Kleinpeter. Um, but – when you you look at the Southern football team, they're still trying to add pieces, and that's what Jim article um, was 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 talking about. Um, they they had a recruiting, you know, some recruits in uh, this weekend, um, some D linemen, some offensive linemen. Uh, also, I, I talked to quarterback coach Willie Totten. They're still, if they can add pieces in the quarterback room, they're looking to do that. So Southern, um, they're looking to fill out that roster and you look and you see all of the teams in college football, they're looking, you know, to add pieces. And, and once again, it is just a state that we're in. I talk to parents all the time, very concerned. Their kids, male, female, boy, girl, young lady, young, young man. They're looking for 
you know, scholarships. And uh, I was talking uh, with someone this past week. You have to be balanced with this approach. Some from the high school level, some from the JUCO. But let's just be honest, a transfer portal. Got over 6,000 athletes in there. It is looked at or looked upon by some as the great awakening. But I kind of take a, a look at it that it, it's good and bad. Because you, you're looking at a lot of the, I looked at an article this week, a lot of the uh, FBS teams are having their spring games. A lot of those kids are going in the portal, the back end of that talent. And guess what? A lot of times they're looking to FCS. So take it with a grain of salt. Everyone is looking into it. Everyone's trying to uh, find pieces in that transfer portal. But you better do your homework. And then you mentioned it earlier from an APR standpoint. You got to really invest in those people that you're bringing in. And you got to know them well because you don't want to get in trouble with the APR. And, and most teams in this conference, they've dealt with it. I know it's Southern University, Texas Southern. Alabama State, they've all dealt with it. So, you know, that's not a good place to be. So that's the way I look at that with, with, with the portal. It's good, but it also can be deadly for you. And so um, we, we shall see. Um, Melanie, are, yeah. are we going to be get a chance to get Jim Klein, Peter? Well, she'll let me know. I, yeah, I, I, I I'll just make this comment, Carlos. Okay, I, I think with with the transfer portal and, and let's start at the top at the FBS level. There's a lot of coaches that's under a lot of pressure to win right now. And that's what the portal has mm -hmm. done is it allows you to elevate your talent. There's a lot of talent out there. A lot of talent being plucked from the portal. Coaches under pressure to win. When you're making three, four, five million dollars a year, your assistant coach is making good money. You've got to continuously win at a high level. So there's pressure there. Um, there's there's pressure even at, at our schools and at the SWAC schools in terms of winning. Maybe not right now, but there's pressure to build the talent base back up. Look at what left at Jackson State. Look at what T.C. Taylor has to deal with. Even though I think this year, I think he's fine. But you read every day that, and unfortunately, I hate to see this at any of our schools, players transferring out, hitting the portal, but it's just the reality that we're in today. You see T.C. Taylor's having to deal with players that are hitting the portal. We've had a couple of players on the defensive side hit the portal. You see it all over the place. And it's just it's just the nature of the beast. And then as you recover, as you get players from the portal, you have to do your due diligence and your homework on those players that you're trying to get from the portal that you're looking at. I talked with our defensive coordinator, Cedric Thomas, the other day. I interviewed him during the baseball game. And they do their homework on a lot of these transfers. And he even said they're even looking at high school kids, which was kind of refreshing because you don't hear it that much anymore, especially with the portal being so stocked. So I, I do think at our level, the SWAC, I think SWAC coaches are kind of doing more of their due diligence on some of these players that they're looking at in the portal. They're in the portal for a reason. Either they didn't get the time or something else has happened or something else has happened. I think you're seeing more of that. Um, and, I, and I think when you're looking at you know trying to win right now, I think some of our coaches are trying to do that, but I think they understand they have to do it respectfully and responsibly. And I think you're seeing some of that, especially at, at our school. Fred, Fred McNair talks about it all the time. We're just not going to pluck a player out of the portal for the sake of plucking a player out of the portal. We're going to do our homework. And I think you're seeing more and more SWAC schools do it. And I hope they continue to do it 
Because like you said, Carlos, a quick fix isn't always the answer. Sometimes you have to build from the bottom up instead of from the top down. So we will see, you know, with this, with the portal being stocked, we'll see how Southern and the rest of the schools do. I think Bethune-Cookman's going to look pretty, pretty tough because they're behind the eight ball. I think Valley's going to look at the portal because their coach was hired late. Bethune-Cookman's coach was hired late. So they may be a little bit more aggressive in the portal than some of these other schools that have already, with coaches already there. But I think for the most part, I think, uh, coaches are going to take kind of a wait and see approach and trying to see what these players are like before they decide to, to grab them out of the portal. Yeah. And you got a lot of pressure. I understand that you got a lot of pressure um, as far as you got to win. And say this, it's, it seems like, and some may disagree, but when we saw Coach Sanders come in and the success, had, it seemed like everybody, they want to try to use that blueprint. And that blueprint made for everybody. He turned over the team each and every year. And you're even seeing it now, where he's at now in Colorado. Uh, they're turning over the roster. I mean, and I'm like, hey, let's just put a, put a break on that. Still do things the fundamental way. You build the program up. You get players in. Coaching is still a premium, being fundamentally sound. And we saw what South Carolina State did. We saw what North Carolina Central did. You know, nobody gave them a chance in those ball games. But guess what it showed? Still coaching matters. And both teams were physical and they were fundamentally sound. That that's that's the way you go. And then you add pieces from the JUCO route then you can't go in the transfer portal. But you live by the portal, you're going to die by the portal. And you've got to have a mixture. But fundamentally, being fundamentally sound and coaching, again, matters. But that's the state, Charles, and, and, and just my opinion. When that happened, everybody in the conference, I think, panicked, you know, and, and maybe not with the coaches, but I'm, let me be more specific, with the fans and the alums. It's like, okay, no. After that happened, you've got to win championships and you got to win them right now or else. But that's not every person, but I kind of run across that. The, the, the pressure to win has been upped a thousand degrees now. Let's just take a breath calm down and let's get back to basic football where coaching coaching matters a staff that helps that matters because certain things are not going to change football is still football you got to improve and at the end of the day when you got a player that's come in from high school matriculate through their career They've gotten better as a person and a player, specifically a player, and they've been successful and they helped the program. But I, this quick fix attitude, my goodness, I, I think it's going it, to it's, it's ruin it. It's going to ruin it if, if they're not careful. Well, let, let's, let's look at football and let's look at the quarterback position. The most important position on the field is quarterback, right? 
So name me one quarterback that's been in a SWAC program for four years from beginning to end. I can name one right off the bat. He was right here on this campus. His name was John Gibbs, four-year starter in this how league. About the, how about um, the young man from University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff? That's, that, that's another one. That's been in the league. Yeah, from I know he's from New Orleans, Louisiana. I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew Body looks Body. like he'll be through through four four years. When you look at Southern uh, Austin Howard, he came through. But see, but now it's it, it, it's it's totally different. I mean, the I, I get it, the pressure to win, but some things are fundamental, and you. You know how they say uh, a foundation. You got to have a a great foundation, even if you're talking about sports. You're talking about building a house. If that foundation is not solid, you you don't have a solid house. And it it, it just seems that after that happened, Coach Sanders came in, had some success. Everybody just just went well. When I say everybody, but from the fan base point of view. They have really went from one to a hundred in, in, yeah. in a snap. Well, I, I think that was I think that was because of the immediate success that he had. Remember, he was hired in August. He's officially on contract in December, and a couple of months later, with the COVID year, mm-hmm. that's when they played. And yeah, they won. They beat Grambling for the first time in eight years and all that. And, you know, they stumbled down the mm-hmm. stretch in that COVID year. But then in year two, you, you see what he's done. And then the second the year after that, and then he's gone. So I think there was, I think as players and as fans, we kind of live in the moment. We don't think that far ahead. So in that moment when Coach Sanders was there, Jackson was winning and had a pretty good clip. So there was this anxiety from fans including ours, and I know coaches, they might not admit it, and ADs, they may not admit it, that we got to get this thing done almost as quickly as Jackson did. And so you had this rush to try to elevate your talent. Some some fell short, but you had you felt like you had to do it because a team like Jackson State was dominating in SWAC football at that time. So, the, I, you know, the, human, the humanistic element, the pressure to win, not only from coaches, players, ADs, there's pressure because when football doesn't do well, who gets the ax? Football coach, assistant coaches, and then it trickles to the AD. And so now if you're an AD, you got to find a coach that's going to match what Coach Sanders was doing. Although he didn't last long enough to be able to, to, to do a whole lot, he did enough. He won a couple of championships and he's gone now, but I think we live in the moment. So I think that's just kind of where we are. We're a copycat. You know, when one team does it, other teams are going to try to do the same thing to emulate that success. And they want at a high, high level. And so other programs are trying to do the same thing almost in the same quick time frame. Doesn't always happen. Sometimes lightning strikes and it happens quickly, but most of the time it doesn't. But what have you got to, what have you got to lose? You have to try or else, or else you're going to have a program dominate. Because who knows, if Coach Sanders was still there, let's just say he's still at Jackson State, they would be the odds-on favorite to win it again with Shadur and Shiloh and adding more talent and all that. But he's not. So now you got players leaving, players, some going to Colorado. You got T.C. Taylor trying to get it done. So I just think we're just, as fandom, as fans, as coaches, you're in that moment. 
And so in the moment you see Jackson's running away with it and how they're doing it, you're trying to emulate and trying to do some of the same types of things by bringing in transfers. Does it work? Yes. Can it not work? Yes. But, but by not trying, it, it, that's not going to happen either. And yes, high school freshmen, uh, freshmen in college or high school seniors are going to be left behind. That's just kind of where, where, where we are right now. But I think the pressure to win, and hey, I think this is just where we are. And as long as the portal is going to be the portal, I think this win now mentality and trying to get players out is going to continue. Whether it works or not, you have to try or else as a coach, you're not going to have a job. Well, as we get ready to close out this segment, I, I would caution us that programs have won. It's not like they've always been losing. They've got a history, Southern, Alcorn, Jackson State. You know, they, they, they did have good times before Coach Sanders got there, just for the record. And they will have success afterwards. You know, you, you, you say in the moment, but the moment doesn't last all the a long time. And so even being consistent in winning, we're talking about football, but basketball, baseball, our, our schools have history and they have a good history. They have one. And, that, and that's the thing. But yeah, you're talking about when now, in the moment, right now, that's what how fans are. I, I hear it every day. I get text message. You know, you're you're looking. You, you remember the old analogy? Have, have everyone heard about the the dog and the bone? He sees his reflection in the in the water, and he has one bone, but he's being greedy. He wants two. <laughs> he drops that bone, and instead of having the one consistent one. He wanted two. Now he has what? None. None. So just kind of keep that in mind. You know, calm down. If you're so concerned about watching some other programs or another program in particular, you have the fun of looking at your program. You know, having success, having some failures, it happens. You don't want a title this year. There's always next year. Now, if you don't win a title in five, six, seven, eight years, well, then I can't help you. I can't say anything. <laughs> but, uh, but Charles, I know you have to go. It's uh, after uh, 12, it's 12.03 Central Standard Time. But um, we'll, we'll be able to talk next week uh, about those changes uh, in, in football. It's going to be very interesting. Follow up on it. The clock will run now continuously. I don't know if that's a that's a good thing or bad thing. I'm I'm still torn on on uh, what happens. But quickly, if you want to respond, go ahead. Well, all these rules, Carlos, in every sport, you're seeing it. I think I think people are trying to shorten these games and try to keep fans interested. I think you're seeing it in college football. You you talk you're going to talk about the rules. Baseball with the pitch clock basketball mm -hmm. with the reset of the uh, of, of the shot clock i think you're seeing it in in all phases and in, in all sports trying to keep fans engaged and interested trying to shorten these games and i think that's that's kind of the reason why we're seeing this in college football to shorten these games because yes as a broadcaster i'm i'm in and jim will probably talk about it he's he's in the booth for three hours and these games are dragging on and i think all these rules for all these different sports are 
to, to serve one purpose, to shorten these games, to get fans in and out, and to keep them more engaged. I think you're going to see more of it. I think that I think the college football game is going to be just like the NFL game at some point. After every first down, after every whatever, the clock is going to is going to keep keep on rolling. In the NFL, you pick up a first down, you stay in bounds, the clock continues to move. I think you're going to see that in college football as well. Even in high school basketball, I think you're going to have a shot clock and all that. Uh, you know, some states they do, some they don't. So I think I think all these rules are to shorten these games, to keep fans engaged, and to get them in and out. That that's just my opinion. Well, I, I've had some people already say cut the commercials out and back. That'll help <laughs> speed speed the game. Up. I, I, I I know, and and when you look at it, college athletics is 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 truly truly changing. And uh, I don't know, Charles. It's, it's heading toward. I mean, with, with with the transfer portal engaged now, free agency has come to college athletics. Amateurism. We'll have to look up that word. I, I know you have to adapt, but uh, wow, <sighs> it's going to be interesting. Charles, we'll talk with you next week. Appreciate it, Carlos. All right. Take it easy. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, visit with Willa Brown right here on the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars, plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival. You can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. Newman College is an HBCU in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where we prepare students 
for a different world. Stillman is a college of distinction for last year and this year. Our largest majors are business and biology, followed closely by psychology, criminal justice, and history for pre-law, communications, English, and religion. Our newest degree programs are in the Department of Computational Sciences, which covers cybersecurity, data analytics, and math. The Biomedical Academy prepares students for competitive entry into health professions and graduate programs. We have established summer biomedical research internships with major research institutions, such as the University of Alabama, Drexel and Temple Universities in Philadelphia, the Salk Institute in San Diego, California, and the Universities of Florida, Indiana, and Iowa. We became creative with social distancing and masks for the pandemic. Our students enjoy movie nights at the stadium and the new Melissa N. Davis Legacy Courtyard where you can eat and enjoy friends. We have the Divine Nine Greek Letter Organizations, student government leadership and ambassadors. Our small class sizes, nurturing faculty, and friendly environment let you know that Black Lives Matter at Stillman College each and every day. Applications are free. Sign up at discover.stillman.edu. Complete the contact card and apply today. Stillman College, where we prepare students. For a different world. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Joined now by Willa Brown. Willa, good morning to you, yeah. sir. Well, well, good afternoon, actually. You, I forgot good afternoon over here. Time. Good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. How's it going, Willa? <laughs> I can't complain, Carlos. Everything, everything's everything. No complaints. Well, no major ones anyway. I understand you. You are a, a former athlete on the collegiate level, uh, the NCAA uh, committee has recommended, and it looks like it's going to be uh, uh, adopted. Uh, trying to uh, run the clock on first downs afterwards um, to shorten the games. Your thoughts on that? I mean. <laughs> College <laughs> athletics, it's just changing, right? <laughs> it is, Carlos. But, you know, I'm I'm old school kind of guy, and uh, I'm a traditionalist. So, you know, I'm one of those, let's leave the game the way it is, and let's, let's, let's play the game and enjoy the game for what it's worth. You know, sometimes we kind of outsmart ourselves, I think. You know, we, we try to... Uh, do things for the sake of appeasing this group or appeasing that group, 
Yeah, I don't know that there's anything wrong with the game the way that it is, Carlos. You know that you know, when you go to a football game, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to take two and a half, maybe three hours for that game to be done. I mean, it's 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 just a fact of life, you know. And, uh, you know, just shorten this and shorten that. You know, I know we live in this uh, fast food society, you know, we – like to go through the drive-through instead of going in and sitting down at the restaurant, that sort of thing. But you know, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. Leave it alone and, and let's play it and enjoy it for what it is. Hey, I, you, you got my vote. Um, this recommendation, once approved in April by the NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel, the rules will be implemented for the 2023 season with the committee monitoring, monitoring how they impact the game, specifically the number of plays run in each contest. Some other things uh, that they have initially approved, no consecutive timeouts, untimed penalties, and replay adjustments. Now, no consecutive timeouts. This most impacts field goal attempts when opposing coaches call multiple timeouts in order to ice the kicker. So that will have an impact on that. Rule violations that occur with no time on the clock in the first and third quarters would carry over to the next quarter, thus limiting untimed downs to the end of the halves. And then check this one out. Replay adjustments. During games in which there there isn't a replay official in the booth, on-field officials will have optional replay in which they can use available video after a coach's challenge. Wow, that's interesting. But um, the the big one is an attempt to control the flow of the game and provide more consistency for in-game management. It's going to be the biggest changes regarding first downs. Currently, the clock stops on first downs until the ball is officially spotted by officials. The new rule will keep the clock running on first down, except during the final two minutes of the second and fourth quarters. This will emulate the current rule in the NFL. So there you have it. You know, Carlos, (laughs) I I think, you know, for the the most part, I I think things have, have, have been speeding up as it is. I mean, most of your teams go no huddle. They go straight to the line almost after every play. They're calling plays from the line of scrimmage. I mean, I, I don't see how all this is going to, you know, uh, affect things. And, you know, as opposed to, you know, the ice and the kicker and all that sort of thing, you can kick it, you can kick it, Carlos. You know, I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> you, you call two timeouts in a row and I'm a true kicker, you know, you, if you that's go, how you want to spend it. your timeouts, then fine. I'm going to knock it down. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it just seems like a, a whole lot of unnecessary things, but you know that, that's that's the way of the world, I guess. And you know you have to adapt and, and adjust and be able to you know move forward from there. Now, how many more assistant coaches are they going to allow us to have? Because now you you're probably going to need a coach to watch the clock, uh, you know, or, Game or something of that nature. So yeah, so you know. I think, you know, we call ourselves taking away from something, but, you know, we're, we're always adding to something also. And, and, and Willer, me and Charles was discussing, and, and I think maybe we have 
a different um, uh, opinion on uh, the transfer po portal. You know, you have uh, a period now where they open it up like, you know, twice a year. And, you know, the, the, the success that you have, I still believe comes down to, to coaching and having a foundation. And, and we've talked about it before that, you know, student athletes, you know, coming from the high school level, talking to their parents, they're, they're very concerned about having the opportunities to, uh, you know, get a scholarship because we're in this moment now where it's a quick fix and there's a lot of, we've talked about a lot of pressure and, and, uh, Coach Carlos James, the baseball coach at University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, he was very transparent. He says, given the choice put before him to recruit someone out of the portal, and albeit he he, he coaches baseball, a uh, 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 freshman that says has one year on his belt and is in the transfer portal, a uh, 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 sophomore, he'll take that over, you know, building the program the traditional way. I I tend to disagree with that. I think you have to really be careful and you have to mix, uh, mix and match to keep your program going. But I still say the fundamental, the basic foundation is between a student, you know, student athlete from the high school level. And then you may add pieces in uh, via, you know, JUCO and the transfer mm -hmm. portal. But the main objective to me is, you know, that 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 fundamentally foundation with the high school student athletes transitioning to the collegiate level. And I think it's always better, Carlos, when you build them from the ground up. There, there's no doubt about that. I think the NCAA has opened a can of worms and they're trying to put the stopper back in the bottle now. But it's too mm -hmm. late. You know, they've opened up they've opened this thing up so wide now to the point where you know, almost every coach in the country is pretty much relying on it in some way, shape, or form. And uh, it's, it's almost like you can't stop it now. And uh, you know, as we've been stating uh, previously, you know, the high school kids are really the ones that are hurting on this. Uh, it's probably a good thing in terms of the D2 and D3 schools because now they're getting the opportunity at, some high school kids that they probably normally would not have gotten an mm -hmm. opportunity to speak with and to get on campus, that sort of thing. So, you know, but at the same time, you know, those same kids who are probably maybe D1 talent or lower level D1 talent, you know, now they're being forced to go the D2 and the D3 route. And, uh, you know, so while it's good for some of the schools, it's not necessarily good for the kids. You know, it's really taking something away uh, from them. And, you know, our presidents and our ADs, you know, they, everybody's in the win now mode. You know, so whatever it takes to, you know, get it done right now, they, they want it done. And uh, so it's a trickle down effect to these coaches. They feel the same way. You know, if they're going to have an opportunity to maybe get that next job or get that next opportunity, they know they need to come in and, and, and win right away. So, you know, the, the old model of, you know, giving a coach, you know, three, four years to get it done, that sort of thing, seems like all that's kind of, you know, going out the window also. 
you know, coaches are feeling more and more pressure to win right now. And, uh, you know, it's coming at a high cost. It is. Because, you know, once you dip into that transfer portal, you know, it's almost like you, you have to keep dipping on a regular basis. You know, it's, it's habit forming. Ain't no doubt about that. And uh, But bottom line is you never know what you're getting. You know, if you don't have a history, you know, with that particular kid or know somebody that knows somebody that knows that kid that can, you know, vouch for the character of that kid or, you know, what have you, then you, you really, really don't know what you're getting. And nowadays you're not spending enough time recruiting those portal kids to where you can get a true feel for whether or not that kid is going to really and truly fit into your program. So you, you fly and blind in, in a lot of ways, but, you know, administrators and presidents and alums and, you know, the list just goes on and on. You know, they want those winning teams, those championship teams right now, you know. And uh, so, you know, the, the trickle down is the coaches are feeling the pressure, you know, to go out there and, and, and try to give the people what they want right now. And then, too, so it's pressure, you know, to win. We've talked about it. Um the committees recommend certain things, um, even with the transfer of portal. What pressure then gets put on donors? Well, let me be more specific, alums of IE institution. Because some of, some of the fans and alum, they expect to win now. But also with that comes the resource uh, uh, question. How many of the alumni are willing to invest more as far as dollars, resources? And I can tell you, Carlos, it's not very many, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you get a whole lot of lip service. There's no doubt about that. And this is no knock on those that do give. Right, know, right. But it's almost like, you know, you as an administrator or whomever, you know, you need to walk around with a list in your back pocket. So that when the phone rings and it's a alum on the other end, you know, that wants to know why you're not winning, that sort of thing. Oh, wait a minute. Let me check this list right here and see if your name is on this list of given right now. You know, that, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, nobody wants to hear that part. But, you know, I mean, it kind of kind of is what it is. The majority of your complaints, the majority of, you know, your gripes and all that sort of thing coming from people who don't give, Carlos, or, or they give very, very little, you know. And, and my my motto has always been, if your donation comes with stipulations, okay, I prefer you not to give your money. You know, just, mm. go, just go ahead and keep it. Just go ahead and keep it. You know, because in the long run, I'm going to come out better, you know, if you just keep your money in your pocket you know, and, and keep your thoughts in, in your pocket also, you know, because if you give money, it doesn't mean that it gives you carte blanche in terms of hiring or firing or, you know, moving this coach or moving that coach, that sort of thing. You know, I mean, we have the metric available to, we know what we're looking for. We know when it's time to, you know, pretty much let a coach go, that sort of thing. We don't need the added pressure of, you know, an, an influential alum or, you know, something of that nature, adding more fuel to the fire, 
that that sort of thing. You know, because a lot of times Carlos, that alum is not in practice every day to see what's going uh-huh. on. That alum is not aware of, you know, the graduation rate, you know, however good it may be, or the APR rate, or, you know, anything such as that. You know, most of our alums, they, the only thing that they're caring about is pretty much W's and L's. And, uh, you know, so unless you have the vision to be able to see the intricacies behind the program, you know, I can't afford to allow you to come in and make a decision concerning my programs when the only thing you're seeing is what's been put out there on Saturday afternoon or, or Saturday evening. But that's, that's not fair to anybody involved. So, Willer, with that being said, switch switch gears just a little bit. Um, earlier in the show, I gave, uh, you know, Southern University information, Coach Kevin Johnson. He's got He's getting paid more than the previous coach, Sean Woods. Uh, public record, four years, 200000 And he's got incentives. He's also a highlight. He, um, he can hire five assistants. Got incentives. With you, if you were in that situation, how would you have, I guess, I don't want to say negotiate, but what would be the criteria you would have been looking for to, to bring in the next basketball coach? And, and for the record, I, I, I like to hire, you know, like my old instructor used to say, everyone right now has a A in the class, whether you keep it or not. <laughs> depends, depends on you. But I know it's, uh, it's resources, recruiting budgets, what have you. Um, I guess what, what are your thoughts on, on, on just that information I, I gave you? I, I think that uh, uh, AD did a good job in terms of navigating the waters in terms of making this higher. I can see that he has more control over this hire than he did over the Sean Woods hire. I think Hans Sean uh you know sean was pretty much an established coach for the most part that sort of Mm -hmm. thing so you kind of had to give him a little bit more leeway than you probably normally would have wanted to and i think the results wasn't what the ad wanted them to be so i think with him hiring kevin johnson somebody that he knew that sort of thing somebody that he has an opportunity to help mold and shape as a head coach, somebody that he can put some hands on and pull to the side because of the previous relationship that he has with him. You know, I I think ultimately the AD has a lot more control, immediate control over the program. I think the contract is a good contract. You know, $200,000 a a year, uh, first-time head coach, that sort of thing. You know, full complement in terms of staff. You know, all the little uh, uh, bells and whistles that go along with that, that sort of thing. I think that was a good contract for everybody involved. It was a good Mm -hmm. contract for Southern. It was a good contract for Coach Johnson being a first-time head coach. You know, I, I think it was a good deal. Everybody won. 
when it came to that. But I think more importantly, the AD now has an opportunity to help shape and mold the program by having this young first-time assistant coach on staff as opposed to a quote-unquote old dog who had been around the block for a couple minutes and, you know, was pretty much set in his ways and, you know, things of that nature. So I I think the AD made a smart move on on this hire. Because, you know, Wheeler, as I'm listening to you, and, and, you know, we have our text messages, our group messages, (laughs) and and a lot of times when you hire a coach, you know, the, the thing is now what a lot of people talk about is they use the term, we, we got to stop recycling coaches who've, you know, been in the conference. Sometimes now they like to have, quote, unquote, fresh blood. Someone out of, say, the uh, SWAC uh, situation as far as they've coached outside the conference. And I understand basketball is basketball, um, you know, fundamentals. A coach, if you can coach in this conference, you can coach in that conference pretty much and even on the high school level. With that being said, is it, in your opinion, good to, to when you have an opportunity to hire somebody outside of the blueprint with, with, with different ideas, fresh ideas, is, is that the way to go? Or do you hire somebody you're more familiar with and the term recycling coaches, you know, do you, you know, hiring that frame? I think mm, that's that's a a touchy one there, Carlos. I think (laughs) we as administrators, we we as administrators, you know, and, and people in general, I think they have a tendency to gravitate more towards the known than the unknown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's easier or more comfortable for me if I'm familiar with someone, you know, and I feel a certain way, I feel good about what they bring to the table and check the boxes, things of that nature. But, you know, the comfort level has, has to be there. Now, how do you get that comfort level, Carlos, if you're just meeting somebody for the first time or you're interviewing them for two hours, that sort of thing, is that really enough time to get a feel for whether or not I can trust this person with my program for the next four or five years? Or Mm -hmm. do I really feel that uh, that's enough time for me to have known this person well enough to trust this person with my with my kids, with my student athletes, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes you have to rely on, you know, information that you get from other people, that sort of thing, and you know, a lot of times, you know, you're you're listening to people that you trust in order to get a feel for a particular candidate, that sort of thing. But you know, ultimately, it's not enough time in the process, I think to where you can definitively nine times out of 10 go with a total outsider, somebody that you have no knowledge of, but somebody that you are just meeting for the first time, or you're just interviewing for the first time, or, you know, you spend a couple of hours trying to get to know, 
you know, if I sit down with somebody, it's almost impossible for me to hitch my wagon to a person that I've just known for an hour and a half or two hours. You know, and ultimately as an athletic administrator, you know, I mean, you're putting your rep out there also. You know, these mm-hmm. hires are a direct reflection on you. So if I'm going to go down, you know, I'm going to go down swinging, but I'm also going to, you know, pretty much going to go down with somebody in my corner, you know, that I know has my back, that I have their back, that I know what they bring to the table. You know, I know about, you know, their level of integrity. I know what they stand for, that sort of thing. And I feel comfortable with my kids around that person because I have prior a prior type of relationship of some way, shape, and form with that with that particular person. So I don't look at it as recycling. I mean, you know, I'm old enough now to where I guess somebody would call me recycled, ultimately. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you can call it recycling if you like. But, you know, I, I, I like to say that, you know, we're relying on past experiences, we're relying on, you know, knowledge of a particular person, you know, the values that they bring to the table, so forth and so on, you know, and and then ultimately we feel comfortable enough with what they bring to the point where, you know, we want to entrust our young men and young women, you know, with with these people. And, uh, you know, we feel that ultimately we're going to have the kind of input into our programs that we that we need to have. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, I can probably speak more frankly with someone that I have a prior mm-hmm. relationship with or somebody that I know, I can walk into that coach's office and say, look coach, you know, on the for real here, this is what, you know, we're looking at, this is what we need to do, that sort of thing, as opposed to walking in somebody's office and pretty much having to tiptoe around a particular issue or, you know, something to that effect. So it has its advantages, it has its disadvantages, but, you know, nine times out of 10, Carlos, we all are in the mode of hiring someone that we know something about. Right. You know, I think in, in athletics, there are very few what I call cold calls in, in athletics. You know, if mm-hmm. I don't know Carlos Brown, nine times out of 10, you know, I know somebody that knows somebody that knows Carlos Brown, you know, and one of those somebodies that I know, you know, I trust, I have a relationship with, I know they're going to give me the skinny on what Carlos Brown is about, that sort of thing. And then ultimately, I'm going to have to make that call and make that decision in terms of whether or not Carlos Brown is a person that... I want to entrust my my program with, yeah. And uh, but it's almost mm-hmm. impossible, like I said, Carlos, to get a feel for somebody. Uh, you know, if you you just sat down with them for an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours for the interview process, or you did a Zoom call for an interview, uh, then you brought them in on campus for like maybe an hour or two hours or what have you, and then all of a sudden you're supposed to know everything there is about that particular person to the point where, you know, you feel that you can entrust this person with, 
you know, your programs with the, you know, the welfare, your student athletes, that sort of thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a gamble. It is. So I can understand why the AD went the route that he went. And, uh, you know, I think he has a little bit more control over everything now. And, uh, you know, not to say that he is going to interfere with Coach Johnson in terms of, you know, what he's planning on doing for the program, but I'm sure that their ideas mesh, you know, and that while it's going to be Coach Johnson's program, he's going to have the full support of the athletic director, and the athletic director has the utmost of confidence in him. You know, this is a young guy I can grow, I can help develop. You know, I've been around before, so I know the nuances and, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I think it's easier for everybody involved that it's gone the way that, that it's gone. Just my thoughts. Yeah, I, I appreciate those thoughts because also, and, and I, I don't know, some people think it's a, maybe a, an advantage. A um, couple examples. Coach Roman Banks, I still refer to him as coach, AD at Southern University, basketball coach on a collegiate level. So is it uh, an advantage to have him? We've got a couple other examples. Uh, uh, Coach, <laughs> Coach Granger, Kevin Granger at Texas Southern with a basketball background. Does that give a, a basketball coach a little more leeway that the, the, the person that hired him has a basketball uh, background. I, I think it doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't hurt. Excuse me, that's for sure. It doesn't. It mm-hmm. doesn't hurt uh, that there's somebody uh, in one of those offices that I know that has been through the things that I'm going through right now. You know, and I, I think just having an athletic director with coaching experience, period does wonders for your entire athletic program, not just that particular sport in which they coach. You know, but, you know, if I'm the basketball coach and and my athletic director coach college basketball, you know, then I know that he is intimately involved in uh, knowing the things that I'm going through. You know, me having coached, I know when to push a button on a particular coach. I know, you know, that there are times like after a tough game, that sort of thing, then you don't want to go in that room. Don't go in that room. You know, let the coach kind of, you know, go through the emotions that he or she are going through and, you know, let it, let it kind of simmer down a little bit, that sort of thing, where if you have an administrator that hasn't coached before, they might just want to barge in there and just talk about, you know, what went on during the game and, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, so, I mean, so I, I think it's the Coach Johnson's advantage that, you know, Coach Banks, you know, has, has been there in that particular program as the coach of that particular program, you know, and that's going to be a valuable resource for him, no doubt about that, you know, and I'm sure Coach Banks won't be one to overstep his boundary, that sort of thing, but, I know that he probably feels there's a certain kinship with Coach Johnson, you know, and uh, he's going to feel that, you know, he can talk to this guy and, you know, kind of help guide him through whatever rough spots might be there, that sort of thing. And so I I think it's to an advantage uh, 
to both parties. We're visiting with Willa Brown. As you can tell, he's a, he has been a director of <laughs> athletics and athletic administration. And um, I always just like to, to pick his brain and get his opinions on uh, certain topics. Willer, can we hold you over? Take our uh, last break of today's show. And we may just sure. have another guest and we all can uh, have the conversation <laughs> together. You're watching <laughs> sure, Carlos no Brown show on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. One but of 100% Angus Beef Ballpark Frank, you'll say. Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Carlos Brown show. We, you can tell, we've added a person. It's been been a while. B, BJ Jones of Inside HBC Football, along with Willa Brown. BJ, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, fellas. Hey, be careful. I I, I see you uh, on the road again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you have you have you ever driven in Baton Rouge lately? 
no, not since the football uh, season. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll have to uh, update you on driving in Baton Rouge. It, it can be challenging <laughs> at times, but you being in Atlanta, I'm sure you know. Uh, oh, man. Gather yourself and navigate around the city. Speaking of navigation, uh, BJ, a, a lot of spring games have come and gone as far as spring football. Um, you got Grambling State having theirs uh, today as we speak. What, what are kind of some of your thoughts on some of the teams in the conference now as they head to the fall season? Well, the biggest thing, man, is 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 I think what everybody's seen has been the transfer portal. Um, it's like the floodgates opened up on last Saturday when the portal officially opened. Um, and of course we have that 15 day window where kids are going to jump out and schools are going to, you know, pull some kids in. Uh, so it's basically just trying to see what that roster is going to look like as we head into the fall. But, you know, with Grambling today, what is Grambling? Uh, what is their identity? Uh, you saw they went and got Miles Crawley, a quarterback from Alabama State. Um, I think they've definitely upgraded in that position. Uh, you know, this, this, is that the, the missing cog to that offense? Uh, defensively, they were pretty good. Uh, but, you know, offense was their Achilles heel a year ago. Um, and, and this, you know, Hugh Jackson and that, st- that staff, do they take a step forward uh, this year? And I, and I think, you know, last week you had Jackson State. Uh, people wanted to see what does Jackson State look you know, post Deion Sanders, um, you know, down at Southern, uh, you know, do the Jaguars build off that Western Division title uh, or do they slide back down to the to the rest of the pack? So I think there's a lot of questions uh, across the conference uh, this spring that I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't think we're going to get a lot of those questions answered uh, during the spring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, Willa, BJ, and a lot of times people ask me how about the spring game. I say one, it's vanilla. They don't show a whole lot, and it's a it's a, also a, a rebuilding time. And as we look uh, post spring game, as BJ talked about in the Porter, they're looking for uh, hired help. And in that situation, the true identity of this team may not happen to to summer camp or fall camp. You agree or disagree? I agree with that. And, and you know, maybe that's how it should be, Carlos. You know, I mean, some some guys are going to get jobs coming out of the spring. You know, you would hope that the, you know, you're defining your team, you know, through, through spring ball. You want to see who's gotten better. You want to see some results from the strength and conditioning programs, that sort of thing. But uh, you know, also kind of exposes some weaknesses that you need to get out there and you know, kind of find out whether or not you can fill some of those weaknesses, like right now through the transfer portal. But uh, you know, once again, it, it, it's a coin flip. You know, like a box of chocolates. You don't know. Sometimes you don't know what you're getting. And, uh, you know, so you, you really have to be mindful of that. You know, some positions you need to go get some help right away. And hopefully through spring ball, you can kind of see, you know, what, what those positions are. I think the flip side of it is that if a kid 
doesn't play that well during the spring. Now they're ready to jump into the transfer portal, that sort of thing, because, you know, coach is going to demote me to the second string. You know, so you find more positions like quarterback, running back, wide receivers, that sort of thing. Those guys are pretty much uh, more apt to kind of jump right into that portal, you know, after spring ball, hoping that there's a, a greener pasture out there somewhere. So, you know, it can, it has its advantages and disadvantages, I think. You agree, BJ? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think that's uh, um, I think that's going to be our new normal, Carlos. Um, with this uh, transfer portal, I don't think that we're going to start to see the identities of these teams uh, until fall camp. Um, I, I think that there are going to be more questions uh, in the spring. It's not going to be like what I played when you kind of got an opportunity to kind of see what the team was going to be in the spring. I think with this transfer portal, we are. Uh, headed into not really knowing um, into summer camp and to honestly for some teams maybe not until maybe mid-September because uh, it takes those uh, those new guys a while to jail when they first come in. So yeah, we're talking about a chemistry issue, you know how how they 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 blend in together, and and, and so I, I think guys that's again I I've I've, I've let my feelings be known. <laughs> Sometimes with the transport portal is is advantage that I'll say like Wheeler, and are disadvantages. Um, BJ coming into this fall camp, then who, what team has the the most pressure to succeed? Albeit we know all of the teams have a pressure to win. Who are more of the eyes are going to be be on coming into uh, fall camp and, and the twenty twenty three season? Samuel, for fair or never, he has one of the most winningest teams um, in HBCU football uh, the last four or five seasons. But they've done that. Uh, and I think that this year, for FAMU fans, the table is set, the roster is set, and there's no more excuses. So I think for FAMU, the pressure is on one Willie Simmons. And the rattlers down in town. Now, so I, I guess I can see maybe <laughs> football media day, <laughs> the early <laughs> April pick. It seems like you. Uh, uh, do you think FAMU will get the nod over Jackson State in the East? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, JSU fans are uh, like Southern fans. They're, they're not going <laughs> to like that if that happens. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but now, oh, 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 and then I'll come back with a follow-up question. In the Western Division, who who do you think is going to be predicted to win the West? Uh, Alcorn. Um, I think when you look at that roster that Alcorn brings back, I think he'll either be Alcorn or Southern. Um. I think it's going to be close, but I, I think it's going to be all four. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like last year, I, I think some Alconites thought that they should have gotten the, the nod in the uh, Western Division, but it didn't happen. But then again, for predictions, sometimes they don't turn out the way you uh, <laughs> you, 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 you predict. Uh, follow up mm-hmm. quickly. Give me a couple teams to watch 
in the conference that if, if things fall right, they may be a representative division in the SWAG championship. Hmm. Ah, yeah, that's an interesting one, uh, Carlos. I would have to say, um, there's a few teams. Alabama State is one. Um, I think the the Hornets are going to be solid defensively again. Um, their question is quarterback. Um, the 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 ceiling for that team last year was quarterback. Um, for everything that we heard about Demetrius Davis, four star transfer from Auburn, all everything in Texas. He was bad last year, um, and, and that 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 limited that football team. So I'm going to say uh, Alabama State is one, and another team um, that people may not think about is going to be Texas Southern. Texas Southern, you know, with Andrew Body, they had the West wrapped up going yep. to Alabama, and nobody saw them losing that football game, and they lose it. And I think for Texas Southern, they bring it back a lot of talent. Andrew Body's coming off surgery, um, but he'll be ready for the fall. I think for Texas Southern and Clarence McKinney, that this has to be the year, because I think this is the last year of Clarence McKinney's contract also. So I think those are two two teams that could come out of nowhere uh, and put themselves in championship position. Last question for you, BJ. When it's all said and done, when we look at uh, as student athlete, a football player, who is a, a name or a couple of names that stand out that everybody will be talking about after the end of the season? Uh, Jarvion Howard, Alcorn State. Um, I think that he uh, is the best returning uh, running back in the conference. I think he's one of the best backs, not only in the conference, uh, but in the country. Um, I think that, that that young man, if you don't know, if you haven't seen him play, go to YouTube, go watch him. Uh, he he is a, he's an amazing uh, young man to, to watch him run the football. Um, Eaglin at Alabama A&M, another running back, transferred from Michigan State, uh, one of those big backs um, that can really carry the load. Um, I, I think he's another one. Southern has, has one that missed the entire season last year. Um, you know where I'm going to go with this one, uh, Carlos. Uh, but the, uh, the the guy, man, I can't Kobe Dillon. Kobe Dillon. Kobe, Kobe Dillon. Kobe Dillon. I think that that's another uh, young man. Uh, we saw what he did two years ago. Uh, missed the entire year last year. Uh, but he, he and, and JJ back in that backfield. Oh uh, man, that's going to be dangerous. Um, I think for. Uh, uh, Florida A&M is the defensive back bowler. Um, I, I think that he's one of the best, uh, not only in the conference, but in the country. Um, I, I like that. I really like that young man. Um, and uh, let me see. Niles Gaddy. Uh, Niles Gaddy, young man at Jackson State. Uh, he's re- returned, has an NFL body, uh, but we want to see if, if he can – kind of live up to his stature. He had a solid season last year. Um, didn't look too good in the spring game, to be honest with you. But we can see if, if he builds off of that, that uh, nomination last year um, and, and see if he could be, you know, the next uh, defensive player from Jackson State to get drafted. On that note, BJ, we appreciate the time. Man, look, safe travels. I know uh, – 
Uh, you're very active with your daughter and her athletic abilities, but we appreciate the time. Hey, we look forward to talking with you again real soon. Oh, man, appreciate you, Carlos. And, uh, man, looking forward to getting this thing cranked up for the season, man. It'll be here before you know it. Yeah, that is correct. Hey, have a great weekend, BJ. We'll talk again real soon. All right, you too. All right, and that was uh, – DJ Jones of Inside HBCU Football. Uh, Wheeler, of course, football, as Coach Kasim said, it's in the South. It's a holy day of obligation. But, you know, when you look at an overall program, I personally like to win every championship if I can, being <laughs> a, a, a fan, that part of me. But, you know, football is a, the engine, but – you know, overall athletic programs uh, adding in Southern's case, they're adding uh, men's tennis back and then uh, women and men's golf. Um, hopefully we'll be able to bring you more information on that. But um, mm -hmm. a director of athletics, as we've talked before, it's a, a tough job, but I think it's a, a rewarding job, if I can say so myself, mm -hmm. although you you are in the, in the field. <laughs> and uh, also... You, you have to have a, just like an athletic competition, a coach, you're the head coach of the athletic department. You need a great staff around you and to, mm -hmm. uh, and to help. And that is so important. And last but not least, having a, a administrator or supervisor over the athletic department who um, is a, a fan, a supporter of athletics. I think you, you got to have those, those, those couple of things. And alumni that helps out and 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 can yeah. do uh, better if they can you gotta have like i said like you just stated carlos the most important aspect of everything that you said is that you have to have buy-in from the top you know the, mm -hmm. the president of the university has to uh not only believe that you can get the job done you know, they definitely have to have bought in in terms of helping to the best of their abilities to help you get the resources that you need to, to get the job done. Uh, you know, they can't be allowed to uh, succumb to the boo birds that are out there that, you know, want you to change coaches every year, that sort of thing. And, you know, I think I read somewhere maybe a couple of years ago where someone said that the most competitive coach on your campus is not the head football coach, it's the president of the university. <laughs> and that's probably and that's probably so. That's probably true. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's important that, you know, you and you know, the president are on the same uh wavelength in terms of direction and goal, that sort of thing. And that, like I said, that president has enough uh, confidence in you to allow you to, you know, make the decisions necessary to, to run the programs. And, uh, you know, you have to be able to, which is the most difficult thing, survive presidential changes. You know, like I see Alcorn's president is leaving uh, right now. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, the new president that comes in, whether or not he or she's philosophy will 
you know, match that of the, you know, current director of athletics or do they want to bring in their own person or, or what have you? You know, I see Jackson State is getting ready to get a new president also. And, uh, you know, so those uncertainties that go along with that, uh, I'll tell you, from an athletic director point of view, it, it can play havoc with your mind. There, there's no doubt about that. And uh, so, you know, I, I would think that the ADs at those particular institutions right now are kind of walking on eggshells a little bit and, you know, want to make sure I's and T's are, are dotted and crossed and hopefully they get somebody that sees the direction uh, that they're going in and likes the direction that they're going in and want to keep that continuity, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, Carlos, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, because, you know, I, I, you know, years ago when I was much younger, I would make this uh, statement, you know, if, if you are a president or chancellor slash president chancellor, most of your um, energy is, is, dealing with you know the the academic side and and, and you know mm-hmm. helping raise money for the university and they don't have the time or they shouldn't have a whole lot of investment in running the athletic department well you know that was a younger carlos brown saying that now he kind of <laughs> uh, massages the message and says that the ad and the president they have to be on the same page they They have to definitely Mm -hmm. and you know those two institutions you you mentioned um getting new presidents we'll we'll be watching to see what happens but uh you know a lot of times i did an experiment when i was at southern university um you asked the students who was the the football coach about 95 (laughs) percent of them knew about 75 70 percent knew who the ad was but when you said who was the president, believe it or not, a lot of them didn't know. <laughs> and, you know, some of the old school guys were like, you know what? That is not a good thing in a way because there's always been a kind of like a little competition between the most recognizable person on campus versus the head administrator. And I can t- share some stories just talking some of them from A.W. <laughs> Mumford on, you know, the, the football coach had some power and there's always kind of been that little clash, but hopefully it's better now. But it doesn't like need to any be relationship, that way, Carlos. It really, it really no. doesn't. It doesn't need to be like that. Yeah, it doesn't. Got to be the tag team champions. You got you to gotta yes. work together. Yes. But, um, yes. Some stories have been told, and um, we often <laughs> talk about some things as far as the model. You know, at one time they say the, the the model for you know athletics and the business model needed to be changed. It was a '90s model, and now we're 2020s, 2021, 2022, <laughs> 23. But I think you always have to adjust. You know, um, mm-hmm. look at things that are not working and try to improve on it things that are working mm-hmm. you still nurture them and, and keep them so um it, it's just interesting athletic administration mm-hmm. will a closing comments well you know as as you just stated yeah you know, we all have our issues uh 
from the HBCU point of view. There's no doubt about that. But we all don't have the same answer. Yeah, I, I think that there's no cookie cutter type of uh, recipe or, or, you know, anything such as that that can solve our problems. You know, I think while we may have the same problem, which is the lack of funding, you know, there are probably different reasons on almost every campus as to why that's the case. And there are probably different solutions uh, in terms of trying to solve those particular problems. So if one person says, well, I have the answer to all the suffering of all the HBCUs from a financial point of view, you know, you probably really only have the answer to about maybe 15 to 20% of those that are suffering. You know, because like I said, everybody's plight is different in some way, shape, form or fashion. And, and you know, Carlos, we've been in taught and it's been ingrained in us at the HBCU level that, you know, we don't put our business out there in the street. And that's a good lesson for the most part. But it's bad in a way that a lot of times the problems on our campus go unsolved because for whatever reason, you know, we don't put those issues out there on the street. So it's a delicate balance between what you put out there and what you don't put out there, you know, with the hopes that at some place in time, you know, somebody may have an answer or two that can, that can help out. So, you know, forums like yours allow these things to kind of get out there a little bit, you know, which is, which is great. And uh, so, like I said, it remains to be seen moving forward, you know, how, how we deal with our issues at our particular campuses. Well, we'll we appreciate the time as always. I, I know when I call, you answer the bell most of the time, and I, I want to say I, I I appreciate it. Um, want to thank everybody who tuned in today, uh, Melanie, producing today's show. Until next Saturday at eleven a.m. for another edition of the Coles Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until that time, as always, peace and God bless. All right.